Affairs, those broken clear in the silver slipper from Rocket Tiger going to a clear second. But Home Affairs sees it out today and off to the slippery goes. the Kiwi, Aegon, went straight through the centre and charged to the lead now in the Hobart Bell Stakes and Aegon makes it five out of five. The kiss of God hits the front from Bortista and another one! Another one jumped out of the ground like... Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Thoroughbred Weekly. What a day it was at Rose Hill Gardens uh, yesterday. I'm in Scone for the Mid-North Coast Racing Association Country Championships Qualifier. The meeting was transferred a couple of days ago from Taree with the uh, prospect of plenty of rain and an unsafe track. So Scone took up the meeting. Uh, they've had a couple of mils of rain uh, this morning. It's still in the good four range. We'll wait till the stewards get here and uh, reassess the track for the Country Championships Qualifier. We had a big day at Wagga yesterday, two more went in, that's later in the show, and a preview of Scone. But firstly to Rose Hill where Ron Doversy and Lizzie Jolfs joined me and we saw a star, the Kiwi, Aegon, win for Murray Baker and Andrew Forsman and Huey Bowman in the saddle. Yeah, look, he stole the show, uh, Aegon, the Kiwi, um, so we're all looking forward to his next steps, which, which probably obviously is going to be the Ramwick Guineas and what they do after that, who knows, um, Rachel King. Amazing. Just a day out, <laughs> four, day, four winners, just normal for her now. And the slipper picture, is it any clearer? I'm not sure. There's still a, a lot of water to go under the bridge there. Yeah, absolutely. A highlight for the day was definitely Rachel King riding the four winners. She just, um, she does it with such ease and such class and you don't even sort of, you know, think of it as a, as a once-off. She's done it now twice and her aim now is to ride five winners to beat her partner, Blake. And Hugh Bowman. That won't be a very nice <laughs> night if that happens. I can tell you no, that much. no, there'll be no, there'll be no steak, Diane. No way in the world. <laughs> won't be happening. Uh, let's go back and have a look at uh, Aegon Murray Baker and Andrew Forsman, and of Murray Baker on his own before he partnered with uh, Andrew, have brought over some wonderful three-year-olds. Uh, could this be right up there with the best of them? The best of them, of course, Duff and Lizzie has been done deal. Yeah, it certainly has been. So, look, it's hard to say. Beware of the unbeaten horse. Five from five. Uh, you've got to admire him. He doesn't get out of the barrier that, that, that well. And, and the question has to be asked, was he flooded by what I thought was by far the best ride of the day? This was a brilliant ride. He just rode the track um, how it should have been ridden yesterday, Bowman. And, you know, it could have turned nasty for him, but um, you've got to give him all the accolades. He's got the eye of the tiger the last couple of weeks, Bowman. And uh, he's produced some absolute pearlers. So... He's shaping up for a good carnival. Um, outside of that, North Pacific, he was much better there on a, on a softer track. Prime star, well, he did work in the run, and he's as tough as teak, that horse, and Lions Raw did enough. Um, Peltzer, I would have to say, considering circumstances, may have been the disappointment of the race. Outside of that, there was a couple of them stayers back in the field that didn't run too bad. Yeah, I thought the Eleonora also hit the line quite nicely. Lions Raw, he's on track, isn't he? He's certainly going through his paces. From my perspective, the horses that are going to definitely improve from the run are the Lions Raw, the Eleonora. Uh, you look at horses um, like High Supremacy as well, who is working down the outside and King's Legacy. I, I do think with Peltzer, he is aided by 
a wet track. I do think that that does enhance his chances. And obviously he doesn't have a great record at Rose Hill, which is quite evident. Mm. But he's a horse that I think once they get him back to Ramwick and they get him on a surface, it's probably got a bit more cut in the ground. Because yesterday, just talking, touching on the track, it went up a heavy eight, but it didn't race like one at all, did it? Oh, well, they come home 33-65 in the first race. On a heavy eight, I don't care what you are, you don't know how quick the race is. They don't come home that quick. Times don't lie. You know, I think we started off on a soft six, personally, and it stayed there all day. Um, once they opened the track up, it stayed the same. Uh, but that's just my opinion. Um, but the jockeys were telling the stewards it was heavy. I don't know why. They're probably a big cushion of grass on that track. And uh, I must say, uh, I thought it was the first little sign of bias on a Saturday for a long time, a few months. Um, I thought it was very hard to make ground down the outside. Uh, I think it was up the inside close to the speed early and make ground one to fall, four or five off the fence late if, if you could make ground. So a little bit of bias we should take into account there. As far as the winner's concerned, I'm intrigued what they do with him. Obviously, they, they go to the round with guineas and the logical next step is the 2,000 metres. But I see they like, they've spaced his runs a few times. Does he look like a stayer to you? Uh, he's quite light and lean. He doesn't. He does look like he could stay physically, but he just has such a brilliant turn of foot over those shorter courses that I suspect that he's going to be suited better to the mile. And he doesn't necessarily look like a horse that could cop a lot of racing. I know these Kiwi contenders are very, very tough, but he's quite light and and delicate and lean and feminine looking. So he's very much a horse that I think is going to be suited to a. A stiff Randwick mile. I think he's a. I reckon he's a great Doncaster horse. Mm. If you were looking at that, looking at another Grand Final apart from the uh, Randwick Guineas. Yeah, it's hard. I suppose Bowman will tell him he's. You know, he's a he's a Guineas type because probably weight related. <laughs> you know, it's a, there's there's all self interest involved there. But uh, Bjorn did improve him a little bit. I thought. Of course, and of course we uh, got the opportunity to chat with Bjorn after the race. He was full of the joys of autumn, I should say. And Hugh Bowman also gave us a good appraisal of the unbeaten Aegon. We'll just get straight to the point. How has he improved in the last five days since he's been here? He's really just thrived. And um, no, I must say, he's, uh, he's actually come over with probably the best record of any horse I've sent for a while. Four or four, 2,000 guineas, crack a million first up a mile. And uh, he was a nice athletic horse. I must say, I took a shine to him today. He had a lot of presence here at the races and great ride by Hugh. Andrew bought him. Um, he, he went out and I think they paid 150000 off Waikato Stud and, uh, for the Zamies and he's had a lot of luck with them. He bought John Snow for them. So just a super result. It's great, great to be able to have them. And... Uh, I tell you what, I have a great relationship with my father when he's on the opposite side of the Tasman. He gave me a great feel. I haven't sat on him prior to this afternoon and I was certainly impressed with what I saw on replays, but um, to Andrew and Murray and all the owners, I know they're having a bit of a house party back in New Zealand, so yeah, they've come over here and obviously the proof's in the pudding with the Murray Baker stable. When they come here, they, they, they don't just come here for a trip away, they know the right horses to bring in. He's had an excellent record and um, his horses certainly hasn't uh, disappointed me. I was ultra impressed with him. He's certainly got the world at his feet. Murray Baker describes his son Bjorn as sometimes intolerable. Let's go and hear uh, about Prime Star who ran third in the Hobartville. Yeah, he's amazing. He goes around 18, 20, 20 to 1 in all these races and, and keeps, keeps sort of running top three and... Um, 
he's just a little gem, you know. I'd love a yard full of horses like him. He just gives 100% every time. He had to be used a little bit from his outside gate today, which might have just taken a bit, a bit off him at the end. Um, but at this stage, I think if he pulls up well, we'd probably head to the Ramwick Guineas and probably meet a similar lot of horses there. And you know, fingers crossed, if we drew a little better and just be able to give him a slightly softer run, um, I'm sure he'll put himself there somewhere. So an easy decision for Aegon next. He goes to the Ramwick Guineas. Then they have to make the decision after that. He could go to the Rosehill Guineas and come back to the Doncaster or go up to the Derby or he can go straight to the Doncaster. Peltz's second favourite, North Pacific. But he firmed right in for the Guineas there yesterday after that brilliant win. Let's go to the Silver Slipper. This horse comes into calculations now. Uh, home affairs with a win on the board and straight into the Golden Slipper with a golden ticket. Here we pick them up around the home turn. Yeah, he was good. You know, he was on a wet track again, um, well, a soft track again. And, look, he didn't have the wow factor of the profiteer or the, the stay inside. And um, it was a good tradesman-like win. And I'm keen to see him on a drier track, on a dry track. I thought he did a good job. And I think then I pick up the sectionals and I see, well, maybe it's a better one run than what win than what you think because he really hunted up and he wanted to keep direct out off the fence then he took a sit then he peeled off put pressure on early from the thousand to the 800 they've run the quickest section of the day um 10 28 so when they're doing that in the you know from the thousand to the 800 you, you would expect they'd be a sitting shot late so maybe a lot more merit um than it looks to the eye that win i can make a case he could have won that second horse. He just got put off balance in the straight, uh, uh, Rocket Tiger. He's a, he's a real little fighter, that horse, isn't he? Yeah, a real fighter. I mean, I suppose the interference is probably what we should talk about as well. Kathy incurred a three-meeting suspension for causing that interference for a number of those runners. Do you think it impeded any of their chances? There was a, a minor protest put in. Um, I don't know whether it cost them a winning chance. It might have cost them a place chance, like King of Sparta was good. He's going to make a maybe a nice gelding. Yeah, they hate to hear that when you see a well-bred colt, but he, he might make a nice gelding with time. Tiger Malade, I thought, did enough, and he got put off his game there uh, in the straight and direct, and considering he set up that time in front, um, for him to hold on to third, but was that part of the angle I'm talking about? It was an advantage being up there on the rails, uh, you know, up to race five or so. Mm. Um, so it's whatever you want to feel about the race. He's, he just ducks out from the whip there, uh, Rocket Tiger, and... He just loses a bit of his own momentum as well. So um, I think he, obviously, he, he, he's, he can go to a black opal and we'll see whether he's going to measure up to, to slip a class. But the winner's interesting. Um, looking forward to seeing him one more time. Yeah, one more time. And just on Zathus as well, he um, has to barrier trial to the satisfaction of the stewards. Um, he was a bit disappointing in the run there after being quite well in the market. Uh, Greg and I spoke to Chris Waller and James McDonald after the race. We've always known that he's a, a talented horse and looking at him he certainly looks the part and he's got a great attitude and he's doing everything right. We had to use him up a bit early which wasn't ideal. But at the same time, it's a ticket into the Golden Slipper and an important stepping stone for a horse like him with his pedigree. You're a month away, so does Home Affairs need another one? I would say so. Um, yeah, to be tuned right up. Um, he's, a, he's a great athlete, but at the same time, he does well between runs. So he's a perfect racehorse, really, for a trainer. But you need to work them and need to prepare them properly. So we'll see how he comes through it. And 
of course have a talk to the owners as well and see what they think as well. He's a beautiful cold. Um, he's got killer looks and he's got good ability with it, but he should be probably unbeaten to be fair. He left a sitting shot, just needed the run on that soft ground last start. And, um, he's come here, he's trained on really well. Um, the team has been very happy with him and he, he's such a beautiful horse. He, he's still learning his craft, so he's very green, still raw. And I think once he puts it all together, he'll be a goodie. You really sort of put him into the race today. You wanted to sort of execute that barrier. Yeah, I did, but it, it didn't really... Um, I, I wasn't really that happy with uh, the way it planned out. He was... So I had to send him a message, and then I've asked him to come back. I've asked him to do things old horses. I'd expect the old horses to do, and obviously he's very green. He did it upside down, so he's still got plenty up his sleeve. And, uh, yeah, he, he's a very exciting colt. This is a great story, uh, Rocket Tiger. We'll need to go back through the record books and find out exactly how many horses trained from a country base have gone on to run in a golden slipper. Not there yet, but they can, uh, they can dream Duff and Lizzie. Uh, Scotty Spackman, 12 months ago, all he cared about was trying to qualify a horse for the country championship. Here he is trying to qualify a horse for the richest two-year-old race in the world. Yeah, look, I... Um... I remember years ago a horse from the country called Kisses for Cathy. Neil Payne rode it. It might have been a silver slipper, but burst on the scene winning one of these uh, two-year-old races and got in the slipper. It was a Cinderella story back then, and we're going through this again. It's not easy to do with the horses out the, in the country, but I, I do remember when that Kisses for Cassie, Cathy burst on the scene with Neil Payne. So how long ago is that? Yeah, raw yeah. talent. He's, a, he's very much a... He looks raw when you're having a look at him in the paddock. He's not sort of fully furnished articles. So whatever he does this preparation, he's going to capitalise on as a three-year-old. Yeah, that was back in the early 80s, Duff. We did something on Kisses for Cathy when we went out and did the Stony Rise story because we went to Burke. That's where Kisses for Cathy hailed from. Burke, not the back of Burke, Stony Rise, closer to town. <laughs> Uh, let's go and hear from Scotty Spackman about Rocket Tiger. Just had a quick yarn to Cathy, and she sort of said the size would be really up his alley. Um, um, but yeah, it's a fair way away, and I'm pretty sure we're pretty keen to still have a go at the slipper. So we um, we'll sit down and let the dust settle, and get him home, and make sure he's okay. And we'll either have a look at the Black Opal, or a um, or come back down for the Todman, and then try to win our way in that way. But I mean, we still got to pay the late entry fee to the Golden Slipper, but I'm nominated for the size. That's all right. There's plenty of money in cod. Uh, let's go and have a look at the Blue Diamond. Now, does this horse come into calculations? Do any of these horses come into calculations now for the Golden Slipper after yesterday's Blue Diamond at Caulfield? Um, I'm not saying no, uh, that's for sure, because it's a, you know, Blue Diamond's always a strong race, and this is some strong win here. Uh, I don't know if this horse is in it as well, Artorius, whether he's going to play a late entry or maybe he might be a, a size type um, as well, but we'll leave that to connections. I thought ingratiating was good. He backed up well. I'm not giving up on Animo. He, he had too much to do dragging back, no cover, had to chase, and he'll be better second time in blinkers. So I'm, I'm, I'm sort of hoping he still comes... Uh, and runs in the slipper just to add that little bit of interest and I, um, I could easily entertain him. The talking point is this uh, filly that we've all been in love with. Um, Animo, she, she just, sorry, Enthar I should say. Uh, she just doesn't pace herself. She paced herself winning a first start in the gym crack and then she um, had that soft win at a thousand last time but yesterday she was running 10 to the furlong there and just 
racing on too much aggression. She's got to learn to just come back a bit, or maybe she is a thousand metre horse. Mm, yeah, it's a, it concerning signs. Obviously, with them applying all the gear at home, they obviously have got a little bit of a concern about her. So um, back to the drawing board. But, but I thought the winner was absolutely fantastic. Really and if was. they do bring him up here, I think he's a force to be reckoned with. Not nominated, uh, Artorius, uh, $11, but they've inserted Artorius in that market as third favourite $11 uh, with remark. But those two big winners from a week ago and a fortnight ago, Profiteers the favourite at $4 in front of Stay Inside. And we've got more features coming up in the next uh, three weeks before we get there to the Golden Slipper. So important winning your in races all the way through now until we get to Golden Slipper Day on March 20. We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll have a look at the Millie Fox and the Parramatta Cup and uh, plenty more to come, including Rachel King's four winners on the day. Well, subpoenaed had already won a Group 2 at Rose Hill, the gold pendant, and she's added another one, the Millie Fox, after winning yesterday. Yeah, and she's uh, obviously these uh, all these mares are heading towards the Coolmore Classic, which is always a great race. But another one, a, a well-timed uh, ride by Yu Bowman. Um, she was the first one to get it, you know, more than three off the fence here and get over the top of them. And then Madame Rouge uh, got the inside lane there, and she was she was excellent. She's a, uh, I think they're both probably better on drier tracks, but Sapita gets through soft quite well, where Madame Rouge mightn't. And look at that staying uh, mare. She's, an, she's an, a real promising staying mare, that she's ideal. I know it's going to be tough, you know, for Sydney Cups and that through the autumn, because it's looking a strong race. But she'll get in with a light weight, and uh, I've I liked her all the way through. She's uh, a very progressive stayer there. Uh, positive piece is obviously better second up, I think. She only went to that race with one trial. And Asiago, there's a chance that uh, she was probably ridden a little bit upside down going forward there. But all honours with the winner, uh, she's a, a really good mare and she'll be competitive in the um, Coolmore Classic. Yeah, surely that showed that the track wasn't that bad by subpoenaed and Madame Rouge running one too. Yes, yes, exactly. And the wet trackers, like... Positive piece, probably not running up to expectation. Yeah, a hundred percent, hundred percent. And uh, you know, it's different. Chris even said before the race, you know, they, they're probably not going to like the surface that it's up, that it's rated again. You know, that it's up. But, but look at this track. Where are they not even throwing anything up? They're not throwing. They're throwing hardly anything up. It's it's not a heavy track, um, and the results showed that. Uh, I just it's, and you know yourself, when it's raining when the races are on compared to when the rain's already gone, and we'd only had a mill or two and a day or two coming into the race where they were saying there was two inches coming. So we got put into a false sense of security and those mares showed that up. Yeah, they certainly did. Well, uh, Chris Waller and Hugh Bowman spoke to Greg and I after the race. It's a good effort. It means a lot for these, for these mares, that's for sure. And um, uh, Hugh rode her well, just nice and patient early and tracked into a three-wide line, which we've seen him doing a few times before on wet tracks, and uh, kept the momentum going and, um, yeah, pinched a winning break at the 200-metre mark. Great return from Madame Rouge, too. Yeah, it was. She got held up at a vital stage, which is tricky, on a uh, when you, she's better on a good track. But, um, yeah, she's come back well and good Quinella. She was suited by the small field. She's, her racing pattern in big fields is, makes it hard because she does sort of need to settle generally towards the rear to run her best races and with that small field and an increasing pace throughout really set up for her and I, she usually hits a flat spot before climbing into top gear but 
I was able to just get her in position and be right on top of the leading runners before I asked her to stretch. And yeah, it's probably rare for her, but it was just worked out well for her this afternoon. First and second there in the Coolmore, $15. And we've got 11 horses between $11 and $15 in the Coolmore the week before the slipper, Saturday, March 13. Let's go to the Parramatta Cup. Here's the very much informed, in form, Sacramento scoring. Uh, he's just a, a gem. He is a gem. He's, you know, he went from a benchmark 78 to an 88 to an open handicap here, Parramatta Cup here. And you're going to love the uh, his desire. And he's another one, though. We're, we're a little bit worried about him on a wet track, but we shouldn't have been worried about it, really. 53 and a half. And he did his thing. If anything, I thought he was going a little bit too slow on him because he likes to get into it from the half mile home and uh, just take the sting out of the horses with a little bit of dash about them. But it didn't matter. Uh, full credit to Sam uh, Clipperton. He, he did hard work. Uh, I don't think he's been, been anywhere near 53 and a half uh, since he's been Doncaster back. was the last time. Doncaster, was yeah. it? Where he ran second, he informed me. Yeah, well, it pays dividends when you're, you're a professional athlete and you put a bit of work in, and he, he got a dividend there. So Kandrabab was good. He got held up for a stride or two, and he kept whacking away there. Very fit racehorse, but he's in his form now. The Lord Mayor's come up OK. Uh, Mustajir was solid. He was a little just fair there to Doosdart, who was well fancied. Uh, all honours with the winner. Um, he'll go through and try and force his way into a lightweight I'd suggest Sydney Cup open. Yeah, it certainly will. And uh, Sam Clipperton and Adrian Bott had a chat with us after the race. Great to see you again today. Um, look, obviously a little bit of time between runs and just coming at slightly in distance. Um, so it was good to see him sort of stick on. He, he, he's probably showing he's looking for a little bit further now later in his campaign, I think, off today's performance. You've been building him through the benchmark system and he is a St Ledger winner, so do you step the bar up again? Yeah, most definitely. Um, look to continue progressing. We... Yeah, we delivered the game that time between runs just to freshen him up a bit so that we have a, have a horse left for the autumn because I feel he's able to feature prominently in a couple of these staying races. So um, there's a 2,000 metre Group 3 race here in, in a couple of weeks. We also look at the Canberra Cup. But yeah, he's got a nomination for the Sydney Cup, but that's an ultimate goal. We'll, yeah, we'll give him that opportunity, let him progress through his grades. And, you know, if, he's, if he continues to improve, as I said, we'll, we'd like to give him that opportunity. Look, I'm wrapped. He, um, he's a horse I've um, I struck up a good affiliation with, as you said. And, He's just been going so well at home, and he's such a, yeah, he's so honest, you know. He, he um, he's not the typical sit, sprint, sprint out of your hands type, but he, you know, he, I, I look forward, well, I don't look forward to it, but I look forward to the day's challenge, because he's just going to um, keep fighting, you know. And I thought, you know, he's been winning with those big weights, those 59s and 58s, and dropping down to 53 and a half today, I thought, I've got to pull my finger out and have a crack. So I'm really thankful for Gain Adrian for sticking by me and the owners, and, um, I'm glad it's paid off. Very well regarded in Sydney Cup markets. Uh, $17. The favourites, uh, Colette, favourite Moon, the chosen one at 15 We've got some wide open all-in markets for some of our features coming up at the Championships April 3 and April 10. We're going to take a break. When we come back, the four wins by Rachel King at Rosehill yesterday. The sun is out here at Scone Racecourse where they'll run the qualifier for the country championships later today. The Mid-North Coast heat was to be run at Taree today but they had to transfer because the track was unsafe for racing. So we're here at Scone, the home of the thoroughbred. Rachel King, what a day out. First three races, one, two, three. 
and then she had to wait a little bit later to get a fourth win. But what a start with this Andermatt. Yeah, he's a nice colt. He was 266 days between runs. He'd only had two starts as a two-year-old. He resumed here. He was a second outside the class record. He comes home in 33.65 on a heavy eight. And uh, I thought he was excellent. There was a lot of stable confidence about this horse and it was justified, there's, there's no doubt about that. Even James Cummings, he tipped, you know, the most important part, if you're a coffee drinker, is the coffee in the morning, you know that. And he said, I've tipped this to the barista. So you knew it was the right tip when he tipped it to his barista, uh, <laughs> because that coffee can get awfully sour. <laughs> it can have camel milk in it, can have oh, all sorts oh, of milk, soy gosh. milk, and it can be awful. <laughs> soy milk's uh, lovely, Ronnie, you should give it a whirl. Yeah, anyway, look, he's sweet with the barista for the, for the next couple of weeks anyway, I thought, Volpine was excellent, uh, but she's up and running and fit and well. Sapphire Crown stuck on well. Let's talk about Val Master. Uh, what do you reckon? I just complete. Let's have a look at him next time. It's yeah. as simple as that. Back forward, he was aggressive. Um, not like he's been in his two runs in Melbourne, and not like he yeah, maybe starting off at home. He was nice and fresh and softer track. I don't know. I, he just trialled too well. These two wins were too good to just say, oh, he's overhyped. No. He, look, he look, uh, from looks-wise, he's a great type, so I don't think he's, he's necessarily overhyped. Uh, in, I did have a chat to James McDonald afterwards and just asked him what he thought, and it was reported in the stewards' report as well that he just never at any stage felt comfortable. So that would be sort of indicative to how he was going forward, going back, and never settling, wouldn't it? Mm. Anyway, look, they won't forget about him next time. Let's just see what he does when he gets on a dry track and um, we'll assess him after his next start. Well, this was the start, as Greg said, of Rachel King's uh, winning streak, her four winners for the day, and we also caught up with James Cummings. He's got a big future and, um, and, and, and you just got to learn to work with him. And he, and he got a bit fired up a long, long time away from the races today. He's had a mare in, in the, the gates beside him. Um, we saw Volpine out in, in front and he, after, after Animat had gone a little hard within himself. He, he had his work cut out for him to knuckle down and beat that horse who's won her last two and was going to be hard to run down. So great credit to show that he was still capable of knuckling down and showing that desire for a colt who we've worked hard on, travelling him around the countryside a bit to keep his mind on the job and keep him, uh, keep him interested. And look, we've, we've, got, we've, we've resumed him with patience, um, not chased the best races early on. And with 52, he's entitled to be hard to beat first up. So he's going to have to improve again. But now that he's got that run under his belt, 1100, um, he's, he's delivering on some promises, two from three. Uh, he, he should be able to go on with it and be competitive in, um, in some nicer three-year-old races. Once he's actually out there doing his job, he's, you couldn't get a better ride. Um, he's really focused once he's out the gates. does have a little squeal in there and it gets a bit culty, but, but that just shows how good he is. You know, he's not quite there yet and he's still putting them away really comfortably. This is a great story with Michelle Ritchie and uh, Blue Missile, a horse that was injured in a truck accident and was never going to race again. Uh, Michelle Ritchie nursed this horse back to health and amazingly nursed it back to a racetrack. Yeah, and she set him up beautifully for this highway as well. You know, just give him the easy win there at his previous start there at the at the Sapphire Coast and stepped him up to the 1400 at the right time, fourth up after a big confidence win. He loved to, uh, you know, just to get his toe in the ground there. I, I, he just had all, everything went right for him and she presented him beautifully, Michelle. Uh, Texas Storm had every hope. Uh, it was well tried in the market and they nearly collected there. Uh, I think Phillipsburg has still plenty of upside to come. He's only a three-year-old, he's still raw, he's not knowing exactly what things are all about. Uh, 
yet, and he might even be better, even though he might win a couple of more races this prep, he'll be a better horse next preparation. Considering the circumstances and just assessing the whole day last night, I reckon this is one of the runs of the day, Commando Hunt. He was enormous considering what he had to do from back in the field. So uh, look out for him um, in a similar type race next time. Rachel King continued her winning streak and this time with Michelle Ritchie. That's just wonderful. I, I couldn't be happier. He's, he's just one tough customer and I'm so proud of him. Tough in more ways than one. He's got an incredible story, this horse. He is. He's, um, he was nearly not destined to be here. Um, I nursed him back to health. He had probably 12 months off. Um, he was destined just to probably be a paddock ornament at my place, but here he is today winning a highway and I couldn't be more proud of the horse. He had a truck accident. He had a truck accident. Um, the truck broke down on the mountain and he was left on the truck for a few hours. He was the only horse on there. The truck had to then be rolled back down the mountain and we had to get him off, but by this stage he was only a baby. He'd done the damage and... Yep. He just, yeah, he's recovered and, you know, what more can I ask for? The horses are always in fantastic order. I've ridden a couple for her now and, um, yeah, she just produces them in, in really good order and fit and ready to go and this horse proved that today. Win number three was on Nimalee for Matthew Smith in race three. Yeah, look, she's just a good tough mare, isn't she? Uh, she's always good fresh, she's genuine, she races over further and what you see is what you get with her. She really appreciates just these horses down in the weights that Rachel gives them, rides them right on the 52, and they, they're having a lot of success over the, the last six months, that's for sure. Yadash, he was seemed to be the first horse beaten there. He hit a flat spot, and you thought he was going to drop off there, and, but he, he stuck on OK again there late. Probably great. I think she just was outstanding Maybe she was. Maybe she was. Yeah, I thought she just, her turn of foot, I think she's really underrated and her turn of foot was excellent at the top of the straight and just left him with no answers. OK, I'll cop that because she may have just, was going that good, she made Yale Dash look Audrey. Yep, but he wasn't going that bad. No, because he's held, he's held the rest of the pack off. So, yeah, I'll, I'll cop that. I'll, I'll, you might be right. She might be better than what we think. Uh, Polly Gray was good, fresh. Uh, Zeg... Uh, Ziegfeld, I don't know, maybe yeah, more seasoning for all these. They, they let us down a bit uh, yesterday, those Godolphin imports. Were ex maybe we're expecting too much. Yeah, I think we always have in our back of our mind seeing Avilius, his first yeah. ever preparation and knowing how, and, he, and all of these horses have very, very similar form references coming into racing yesterday. So, And they trialled in similar type of fashion. My one... My one query with Zigfield is he does need to calm down. Mm. He's a bit busy in the mind, as James yeah. Cummins alluded to. So a um, few of those horses definitely need to just calm it down a bit. Yep. Rachel King has continued her winning way. Three wins for the day. It didn't stop here. And Matt Smith was the trainer. That no, was super. Um, look, I, she got into a lovely rhythm in the race. And um, it's just one of those mares that uh, likes to get into rhythm and keep rolling. And just to say the race set up nicely for her today with the leader you know, running out some nice sectionals and she was able to uh, be really strong late. So it's, it's uh, great to see her come back in such good form. She's a very good mare. I, you know, I think she's really good. I, I like her and I've always liked her and I um, hope we can, give, can win a good race with her somewhere along the line. I will go to the um, Aspiration in a couple of weeks and we'll start start there and we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. But that, that's a, a really nice stepping stone for her up to the mile and uh, Group 3 for mares would be suitable and then we'll see where we go from there. She's obviously come back in really good order. She 
this race today sort of panned out quite well for her where she was able to be that little bit closer without doing too much work. Um, she travelled super the whole way and she was pretty strong late. She wanted to keep going after the post. She sort of relaxed really beautifully in the run and the 600 I had to just give her a little click up because I wasn't quite sure how well we were travelling but the minute I did that she was straight on the bridle and towed me sort of up to the 400 and when I gave her that bit of range she, she quickened up really nice. Yeah, we're back here live, which reminds me, Gary Cleesey coming up in a moment with his tips for the Country Championships qualifier. Uh, let's go to Rachel King's fourth win. She had to wait until race eight to get her fourth on the board, and it was Emanate. Yeah, another. This was a, a lovely, well-balanced ride. Just cool as a cucumber. Picked all the right horses to follow. Let the hot speed go. Kept them in touch. And everything went according to script. I think a few, most form students had her just first one on the scene here. And that's exactly what happened. And she exploded away. Lovely mare. Um, I can see she only had 52 kilos and that helped her. But... She can really try and get some black type now. He was good first up. Uh, black Magnum as usual, although um, you know, beaten, well, well beaten. Handle the truth, he's on target for the national sprint at home on Black Opal Day, I'd say. And there was some funny runs here. Flat Heaven, dead end after dead end. First run in nearly two years. Um, I thought there was merit in that. And I reckon another little hidden horse. I, I really loved the way he paraded with a lot of improvement to come. I reckon he's going to win a, a couple of races this preparation. A session. He ran way back in the field there. But he just caught my eye. He's, he's, he's had a decent spell. And I want to be with him in maybe two more runs time. Yeah, certainly. I thought Black Magnum was excellent with improvement to come. He had to do a bit of work, didn't he? So yeah. he's horse that I'd be following. The other one I want to follow... I know he's well exposed, is Cradle Mountain. I think now that Claire's training him like a 1,000 metre, 1,100 metre horse, he had no luck there as well. Yeah. And there's a race for him off the top. He's a horse that she's had him looking great. It's just trying to find the right race where he can sort of dictate. I think she was put in to probably a false sense of security when she won the 1,400 with him. OK, let's go. We're, we're, we've got a horse that can run 1,400 now. And she may have stretched his work. I'm, I'm only guessing she's the trainer, but since she's freshening back up, he's, he's reacting a lot better. Yeah, and he looks in great order like all of her horses do. Uh, that was the end of Rachel King's winning streak. Only four for the day, Rachel, but uh, you certainly did a great job. James Cumming and Rachel King again. Yeah, Rachel just delivered very, very nicely on a, on a, on a promising ride she had. We spoke this morning about her rides and, uh, and she started talking about one from last night and I said, hang on, I think you, you just skipped over the best ride of the day. So, so, she, so she's, she's, just, she's just done everything. She's on the minimum there, but she's, she's, uh, she's got to take on some tough seasoned horses. And uh, she's a, I think she's a very promising mare, Emanate, with a very, very big pedigree. So uh, I think mission, mission now is to find some black tie for her and it looks like it could be right around the corner. The first up run was super. She didn't have a lot of luck and was caught wide, but she just doesn't know when to give up and she still ran a super race and just took that little bit of improvement. And today she, she wasn't enjoying the kickback very much early and they went quite quick, so she relaxed probably a little bit further back than she can do. Um, but gee, she, when she let down, she let down very well. That's the second time I've had four winners on a day at Rose Hill, so hopefully I can, I've got to try and do five because Blake did five one day and he still has that over me. Yeah, they had a good day yesterday. Let's go to the last and uh, Star-Spangled Rodeo got the last for Bjorn. Yeah, we are worried about the, the, the speed map after scratchings here and we're wondering what was going to happen, but we should have known better. Uh, Bjorn and Josh, they, they can read the play and this horse was 1,200 to 1,400, so 
was probably a no-brainer that he'd be more aggressive and he just owned the race and they were more aggressive with the second mare there who continues to run nice races, Maui Girl, without winning and, uh, well, Fulmina, um, she was outstanding from the back there and uh, Mark says the opponent. I'll trust that that might could well be a race at Rose Hill that she could just about win. Not suited the well-tried Lakeen, but oh, was pretty yuck for me. And um, Wheelhouse, he wasn't himself. No. He was not himself, that horse. No, he would paraded a lot better on the Kensington track when he won, and he was just had a bee in his bonnet yesterday. I think he will bounce back, no doubt. Well, after the race, we caught up with Bjorn Baker in his own right, training a winner, and we had a bit of a fan club for Josh Parr. I'll let you see this always had talent so it's good to see him start to put it together um, and I think he'll go on to better things. So you think so? Yeah? Yeah I think so. He's improved a lot since he came over from Murray and Andrews. I tell you what this one I get the cash for as well. That's <laughs> the difference. Gee you can improve him. <laughs> oh, I tell you what but uh, they're hard to get one off Murray and Andrew. This is one of the few I've done successfully. I just leave it to Josh. He is an absolute star. Uh, I said a couple of weeks ago he's a most underrated jockey in Sydney and he just dictates and gets out there and dominated today and uh, no, absolutely thrilled. The owners have been great supporters of mine, in particular Lindsay D'Souza and Willie Magus in Hong Kong, so thrilled with them. He was really good. He's obviously come back in great style, uh, this preparation. Um, a, a race depleted with scratchings and, and, and the speed come out of it. So I was able to lean on him early and, and go to the front at pretty easy sectionals. So we got down the side there. I thought, OK, race on and catch me if you can. Can anybody hear me with this crowd in the background? <laughs> Are they your fans? <laughs> they look like it anyway, a renter crowd. Um, no, really pleased to win on him. He's been knocking on the door. He's come back in nice, um, nice form. So we get the last of the day. San Herberto grabbed by Defibrillate, then Blenheim Palace, Wolf and Hangman. Defibrillate 100 metres to go, about a half length in front, pulling clear from San Herberto, who won't give in, but Defibrillate won it a next San Herberto. Oxley Road under hands and heels, about a length and a half in front, two lengths in front, and is quickening away from in second place. It's our time, but Oxley Road's going to be too quick. Oxley Road won well from it's our time. Yes, baby, yes, at the 200 metres under hands and heels, went to the lead, safe passage into the clear, Malacorn and Shijigi, yes baby, yes, 100 metres to go, St still led by a length to Malacorn, and yes baby, yes, is George, you going to hold on, Malacorn's made a dive, it's tight, still Sovereign Award at the 200, had a kick in the locker, Perfect Jewel and Rich Hips are both coming at her, Sovereign Award at the 100, grabbed by Rich Hips and Perfect Jewel, but Rich Hips is just in front of the favourite, Rich Hips won it, a great return, a half length, Perfect Jewel and Lunacorn third from Spanish Reef, puts Milton Park at the 200, Peru is the first to attack, followed by Quay Quay. Butter Chicken runs on. Peru took the lead at the 150, followed by Quay Quay and Butter Chicken late. Peru led by a length. Butter Chicken, who's finishing strongly, but Peru holds on. She'll win it. Peru and Nick Butter Chicken. Quay Quay. Parody strikes the front 250 from home. Then Night's Watch shared ambition. Nonconformist wax away. Chapada runs on. Parody at the 150. Homesman's brave. Shared ambition. Nonconformist and Chapada still parody from from Holmesman, a wall chases, but the mayor is brave and she won parody from shared ambition photo.
So let's go to a couple of the big group ones. The Fertility Stakes, first of all. Two great mares fighting this one out. Uh, two terrific mares. Um, Proper Beale, who'd had a run back and uh, was excellent. Um, and then, obviously, Arcadia Queen resuming. Probably a run short, so they can both, uh, you know, hold their heads high and go into the all-star mile, you'd expect they'd fight it out, wouldn't you? What a clash that's going to be. Yeah. What a clash between two the two great, great two mares. mares. And uh, like I said, she had a run back, but she still uh, got the job done looking as good as ever, probably, but uh, the West Australian mare, look out. Um, there'll She's be something down her neck, isn't she? <laughs> there'll be something left up the sleeve from Uncle Bob. Don't worry about that. She'll be right. Uh, she's $11 second pick behind Aegon in the Doncaster now. We've got the two Kiwis on top of that betting market. Aegon and Probabil. Let's go to the Oakley Plate. A, a rare Group 1 dead heat. Yeah, incredible race, uh, the Oakley Plate. That's right, a rare Group 1 dead heat. But it was Celebrity Queen angling up the inside. Uh, some people were saying it wasn't the place to be and Willie just, she was never going to win Celebrity Queen, but Willie just stretched her neck that last stride to de get the dead heat from this very underrated three-year-old, Portland Sky. Only seventh start in a race. This is the horse they took to Brisbane at Eagle Farm and he didn't go a yard on that track, admittedly at 1,400 metres, but um, he's a, a real, a real sharp sprinter there. And other than that, Kimmel Passer battled on quite nicely there with uh, Brooklyn Hustle, but a dead heat and uh, a wide race. First group one as well. Yeah, good on. Yeah, yep. terrific result for him. Not having much luck with the country championships qualifiers. We had Nara had to be transferred to Goulburn. Tari transferred to Scone. But it was a terrific race at Goulburn for the South East Racing Association qualifier, which was run on Tuesday. And two very, very nice horses fought it out. Three lengths. Art Cadeau's coming with Rothenberg. Art Cadeau got up to Eltham Palace. Art Cadeau took the lead. Leg work's flying. Art Cadeau, leg work. Art Cadeau. Art Cadeau gets the job done. Leg work huge from a mile back. Rothenberg third. Then came Rocco Rosa. They're followed by successful days Zalago. Such a game horse. He's got a fantastic record. And to be honest, I was a little bit concerned about him today. He wasn't quite, in my opinion, quite 100% in his work. But look, he's such a tryer. As, as Tommy said, he, he's sort of got to the front. 150 is starting to fill the pinch, but he, he knows how to find the line. He's a real war horse. You know, I, I knew that Terry said before the race he was gonna he's gonna need the run. You know, he hasn't had a run for a few weeks and. The grand final's not for a while, so he's far from screwed down. And I had to make my run on him a little bit earlier just to put him into the race because I was obviously sort of midway back on the fence. And um, when I did that, he sort of got about to the 150 and I was out of carrots. But he's just such a fighter. When Sam came to me, he really lifted and he just didn't want to get beat. So the horse that you saw today, I guarantee you, there's a, a fair bit of improvement there. It's a sensational run. I mean, uh, they weren't making ground up out wide all day and to spot them maybe 10 lengths or, or more and, and I still thought he was going to get there at uh, the last little bit but just sort of run out of room and you couldn't couldn't be more happy with that sort of run. It was an outstanding effort and uh, both the jockey and, and horse will grow a lot of confidence from that and we'll tip him out for perhaps a week or 10 days now and keep him fresh because as he gets into his preparation he tends to get a bit dull so we just want him as sharp and as fresh as he was today and we'll go into that race without another run. We're in the big dance there at Ramwick now, so um, qualified, so I guess that's that's half job done. Yep. Um, oh look, my horse went terrific today. He, he drew the outside barrier, 
Um, had to go back a long way, which is in his racing pattern, but Danny Williams had the horse in, in terrific order today um, and he ran accordingly. So um, unfortunately, Tommy drew the better barrier mm. and had a, probably just was able to you know, land a bit more in striking distance. Um, but my horse was terrific. I thought I was a winner 100, 100 out. Tommy's horse kept fighting, but like I said, sort of half job down, half job done now, and at least we can go to Ringwick. to kiss a cod, the bolter, to catch a cod. Then came Omanika and Bortista. Lady Brook to kiss a cod. Lady Brook to kiss a cod, to kiss a cod. It's the front from Bortista and another one. Another one jumped out of the ground late. May have nailed Bortista to kiss a cod. After that run at ring, <clears throat> look, honestly, I was getting a bit worried whether him just being a three, I was going to cop it. So uh, I brought him back home and you know, we started with him again and he, he started really coming good and, and all week this week has been fantastic. And you know, it's always, you know, when you've got a young horse, you know, you've got to sort of look after it a bit and then anyhow, look, we just bit the bullet and say forget about that run, let's, let's have a real crack at it, yeah. Obviously Drew 10, it's always going to be a bit tricky from that gate, just um, being that it was a bit of speed and a couple of back markers, but you know, it wasn't the prettiest ride, but he's very honest. He tries his guts out and, um, you know, it was a big win. He was probably not one of the top ones, but I'd all, as I said, I'd been saying all week, if it had been a little bit of give in the track, he would have been riding it. I wasn't worried about him first up and stuff like that. So, yeah, good on him. Great effort. Went super. He began quick. He's got a bit of speed. Um, we ended up in a good spot, three back, one off, uh, following, a, following a handy horse and he just dropped the bridle from the 600 but once they give him a bit of a push around the turn he actually picked up and um, his last furlong was probably his best, he just got beat by, uh, by the horse on the day. Alright, so this is the uh, dates that are left for the country championships. We've got today at Scone for the Mid-North Coast, then we go to Mudgee, then we go to Tamworth. We wrap it up with Canamble and then the second chance wildcard at Musselbrook before the April 3 grand final at Royal Randwick worth half a million dollars. New Haven Park sponsoring the country championships this year. Again, Art Cadeau's the favourite in front of Legwork. So the southeast, one, two in the market. Then Tara Jasmine from the Northern Rivers. Then another one from the Southern Districts. Bailey's is at $15. And you'll scroll right over and find uh, Bautista a 50 to 1 chance. But Ike Cadeau is the favourite at 450. So we've got another one today. Two more chances. Gary Cleesey will be here today uh, to look at this car. We've got a lot of scratchings, which isn't surprising when they've come all the way from Taree to, to Scone for the minor races on the program. But the country championships have stood up. We've got a full field of 14. Yeah, we have. Yeah, and it's good. You know, I mean, it was just... They've got no hope of racing at Taree. They've got no hope at Paul Macquarie or anywhere. Still raining at Taree. Oh, yeah, it's mm. just pouring. So it was the right decision. We have to get it run and won. And, and it's good those trainers have stuck by everyone and, and, and to get here to Scone. Mid-North Coast has provided a winner of the uh, country championships in the past with Victorum. He went on to win the final. In fact, that day, Jenny Graham trifected the qualifier mm -hmm. uh, and Victorum went on to win the final. Uh, here's the market. The market looks like this, and we'll get your selections as you see it. Um, you like 
the favourite, Monica Starr? Yeah, I do, Greg. I, I mean, she's got a terrific record. She's only had nine starts in her career and she's won three and been placed four times. She's had one run back and it didn't go right for her first up. She was three deep, probably leaving the 600 metre mark. She was four deep. So we'll, we'll pick this replay up and this is her... She's right out wide. Uh, she's in the blue and the red and the maroon cap there. Right out wide. Look, a, a run had probably ended because she'd done just too much work down the back but what I liked about her uh, she kept finding the line she's only beaten about 0.6 of a length so like I said her record is very good now Greg it's a different story today she hasn't got 58 on her back she's got 54 kilos on her back She's got a lovely gate, that one inside gate mm. where she can put herself right up into the race and she's got a, a, a terrific second up record. I, I think she's going to be awfully hard to beat. I've got Charmy Baby, she's had two runs back from a freshen up. Uh, she's been out of the ground at both runs over 1,200 metres. If you look right through the field, she is the only highway winner in a race. Mm. She's a winner at 1,500 metres. Uh, she's beautifully placed. 1,400 metres on this big track here today is going to suit her down to the ground. This is awesome. You're going to hear more of him, Casarina, as a country cup source. Rossi Stitt's got him. He's a really nice horse, smart horse, and a horse that'll get over 19, 2,000 metres. Um, thing with him, had it been run at Tari, I'd have said probably no hope. Mm -hmm. Big track here today, I give him a massive hope. I know Robert Thompson's got an opinion of him, but he's going to be back. But they are making a mistake at the 200 metre mark. He's going to be the run on horse. And this is a terrific filly, Chase My Crown. She probably falls into the same category as Tara Jasmine. Mm -hmm. Loads of ability. Run into a really good horse at, at uh, Coffs Harbour behind Parksville last start. Uh, but whether she sees it enough, and that's what I talk about Tara Jasmine, but she has got plenty of ability. All right, Glenn Milligan has got Charmy Baby for Dad Bob, and we caught up with him yesterday at Rose Hill. Yeah, she's 100% ready to go. Um, we're confident she'll run well. Had the two lead-up runs over 1,200, and, yeah, she's crying out for the 1,400 again, I think. That's certainly got to be the distance it's looking for now. Yeah, for sure. I think she'll get a mile, no worries, this time in. She's won over 1,500 for us. Um, Scone, she's been there once, front second at a showcase meet and just got beat. So, yeah, she's been to the track, she knows her way around, and hopefully she can get the job done. So that's coming up today here at Scone on Sky Thoroughbred Central. Starting next Saturday, the provincial qualifiers coming up. We start at Newcastle. We'll have more on the provincial championships on Tuesday night when Road to the Championships start. But Saturday at Newcastle, then off to Hawkesbury, Gosford, Kembla and Wyam before the final on day two of the championships, April 10, another half a million dollar final. OK, a little bit later this morning, you'll be back with Melinda for the preview of yep. all of today's racing at Scone. Yeah, well, Your first trip to Scone. Actually, never been here, never been at the racetrack. No. No, lovely big track, beautiful. I know what you mean. It gives horses every chance. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to work here. I can only work here the once. Gary Arley won't let me work here Well, again. he reckons whatever wins the heats today is uh, representing the Hunter Northwest in the final. Now, Ronnie and Lizzie, <laughs> thank you. Thank yeah, thanks, you. Greg. Uh, we're going to have another big set of trials on Tuesday at Canterbury to cover. Today, I might need you to hang around for an extra five minutes after last. That Forbes is trialling at Goulburn, so hopefully you can get the vision through and uh, let us have a look at it, because it's very important as far as a, a slipper point of view is concerned. Depending on race commitments, we'll try and play it live, but it will be uh, on a, maybe on a slight delay. But we are staying back to show you that barrier trial of Forbes at Goulburn. The horse is there, and Sam Friedman, I believe, is going to Goulburn to see Forbes trial. Hopefully he goes into the gates. Uh, I'll join you both on Tuesday for those Canterbury trials. Looking forward, Looking forward to it. it. Thanks, Thanks Ronnie. Thanks, Lizzie. Thank you, uh, Gary. Gary Cleesey and Melinda Turner back a little bit later this morning for the coverage of Scone.
and the Mid-North Coast Qualifier. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy your weekend.